Hello, listeners, and welcome. Welcome to This Is Your Death, a game show that... It's a podcast, and it's still called Feel Look in the Life. Stop ruining it. You know I've been excited about this one. Okay, okay, go ahead. A game show podcast episode where we talk about some interesting and wild deaths from the past and present. That's right. You're going to love this one. We did a lot of research from interesting deaths that tell you all about culture and social norms to just straight up brutal stuff like blood, guts, uh, anuses, anus eye. He's not lying. And it's anuses. You don't have like a herd of ani anuses. And then we have the downright strange. Yep. So get comfy, grab... I'm picturing a field of butts. Mm-hmm. And here we have the ani. Okay, we gotta put this in on the way. They casually frolic throughout the fields. The females are often stronger than the males. As you can see, it is mating season and they're all doing their mating calls. <laughs> This is a podcast for adults. I'm 30 years old. Oh my God. Unbelievable. I'm I'm a 30 year old man. 30 year old man. Wild. Okay. Yep. So get comfy, grab yourself a cup of tea and help us put the nail in this coffin. Yep. Well, Mr. Host extraordinaire, want to explain how we're doing it? Well, thank you. I shall. So we each have a list of unusual or brutal historical deaths. Maria, you have pulled yours from ancient Greek culture, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. And I have pulled mine from various points in uh, UK history. Ooh. We'll go through a couple of these fascinating stories each, and then the remaining ones have had info that gives the setting away removed. And we have to guess if those remaining ones are set in ancient Greece or just the UK. Okay, we won't get any easy ones like this person was cleaning Big Ben and fell off. Did it happen in ancient Greece or England? Hopefully not, but I feel like we'd still get that wrong. I mean, one of us will, and it's not going to be me. <laughs> so uh, do you want to get started first? Wait, 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 wait. What is this for, though? The podcast, dude. Are you having a flashback? No, no, no. I mean, what are we playing for? What does the winner get of this mini quiz to the end? Like, what, like, what is the premise? I need value from this. What are we doing? Oh, yeah, no, like, I haven't thought that far ahead, to be honest. Okay, well, it has to mean something. But Maria, nothing means anything. We live in a post-modern, post-truth, post-simulated world. Okay, Post Malone. There still has to be stakes or else it's not going to... Or else it's going to be boring. Okay, all right. Well, look, we'll jump off that bridge when we come to it. Deal. Well done. For now, thank you. For now, my wonderful game show podcast episode host, will you do the honors of flipping a coin to see who goes first? Most certainly. So I go first. My first pick is a man from Greece called Chrysippos. You're so much better at pronunciations than I am because uh, viewers, you can't see it, obviously. But the spelling of this dude's name looks like someone opened up a word doc, headbutted oh the keyboard, God. and then turned the monitor upside down. It's 
the Greek letters, that's what he's referring to for anyone confused. It's really hard to pronounce these words with English letters because they miss like the huh and the like the uh sounds, you know? Hate it when you miss so, the huh and the huh. It's the worst. <laughs> well, Amo, you and Chrysimos might have similar fates because he was a man who died from apparently laughing at his own joke. Thoughts? <laughs> Uh, well, it's funny you say that because I also had a story about a guy who laughed himself to death. Uh, my guy's name was Thomas uh, Iroquois. I don't know how you say that. Um, he was a royalist during the Civil War. So you're saving me a story. So how is this a thing? I mean, how does that even happen, dying from laughter? Well, it's quite easy. Step one, be hilarious. Step two, die. Well... Right, but like, did his ass fall off? Did he literally lamau himself? And they were like, unable to reattach. And he died from like, blood loss? See, I was curious about that too. So I looked it up online. Unfortunately, no videos. Always the recommended action. You're not using you have... Bing. <laughs> Looking up things online is always the recommended action when you have any health concerns, kids. It's like, what kind of cancer do I potentially have today? <laughs> So according to healthline.com, there may be some truth to the phrase laughing yourself to death, or as the kids say, I'm dead skull emoji. How's it going, my fellow kids? As you carry a skateboard. Thing is, while the laughing itself doesn't kill you, a whole host of other things that it triggers as a result might. This knee slapping list includes ruptured brain aneurysms, asthma attacks, asphyxiation, stink to peace. Did not know that's that's how that is pronounced. Think it's of like this Greek. as, as <laughs> if that if this was Greek, it would be syncopes. Yeah. Um, so think of this as asphyxiation, but with blood flow cut off instead of oxygen. And syncopes, hope that I'm pronouncing that right, in turn can also trigger cardiac events. Jesus. Okay, so I'm never laughing and or making other people laugh again. Now, good luck with that. That being said, this last one is super interesting. Gelastic seizures. Know what those are? Um, is that when you tie like a gelastic band around your finger too tightly? Nope. These seizures are unique because they're often associated with uncontrollable laughing or giggling while awake or asleep. The person having the seizure may appear to laugh, smile, or smirk. These emotional expressions are forced and often uncontrollable. Well, there's a new fear I didn't know I needed. That sounds like the um, the Joker Venom from Batman. Imagine laughing and not being able to stop. And then you're, um, I don't know, it's like that thing like where you just see someone laughing and then it just turns into panic and pain. Yeah, it honestly sounds not appealing. The opposite of appealing. Not my cup of tea. But Healthline says that gelastic seizures are sometimes caused by brain tumors in the hemothalamus. So if your new fear is a gelastic seizure, just know that you probably have more pressing issues to deal with. Yeah, uh, thanks. So um, let's learn more about the Too Funny for Life, man, please. You want to hear about yourself? <laughs> nice. Yes, tell me nice things about myself. We're not doing that today. So Chrysopos is considered a leading Stoic philosopher and is actually titled to be the second founder of Stoicism since he expanded on the original philosopher, who is Zeno, his work, though he clearly didn't live up to that name. Oh? 
Yeah, it must be hard to be stoic if you're an asshole, apparently. The Greeks used to call him a man of exceeding arrogance. Add that to the fact that he literally laughed himself to death, and you've got one fake-ass stoic. I'm actually surprised he's not more well-known. Between his unpopularity during his lifetime and that most of his works only survived as fragments, it's fair to see why. It makes sense that he would die laughing at his own jokes then. <laughs> like Jimmy Fallon, am I right, guys? Ouch. Got him. As I mentioned earlier, I can see you dying that way too. Between my unpopularity during my lifetime or laughing at my own jokes, you mean? Yes. Okay, continue. So as mentioned, he was actually considered head of the school of stoicism at one point. There are a couple of different accounts of how he actually died, though. The first one is a little lackluster, stating that his death was caused by drinking overproof wine at a sacrificial ceremony, which some of his students invited him to. So going to a house party and drinking the host's booze. Yep, he was an asshole, all right. Right? I mean, I dislike some of the teachers at school, but I never got to the point where it's like, let's bring him out and get him so drunk he literally dies level. <laughs> and this is the most lackluster one of the two? Yep. The main one is that he was watching his donkey, I love donkeys, by the way, eat some figs, and he found <laughs> that hilarious. First of all, a donkey eating figs is that's hilarious, right? Also, are they just letting anyone be the head of stoicism now? Because I don't think <laughs> laughing man over here knows what that word means. Then our boy Chris <laughs> then our boy Chrisimos, being a comedian on top of a philosopher, asked a servant to give the donkey a quote, drink of pure wine to wash down the figs. And this was the event that was so funny to him, he literally died. The end. Incredible. Yep. If he died from laughing at a donkey, he would have died a thousand lifetimes if you ever watched shrek oh my gosh such a good point also such a good movie okay so your turn who you got from the uk for me well first of all donkey all right that's up my system oh god um, mm -hmm. i feel I like have... you've already made that joke in another episode yeah yeah it's a callback all that's right so humor works oh god so i've got king edward the second um as actually like yours, two interesting deaths in this story. So the first one is uh, being hanged, drawn, and quartered. And the second one is, uh, I mean, I'm just going to read it verbatim here. So red hot poker inserted into anus. That's it. I'm sorry, what? Red hot poker inserted into anus and or ani. Is this a plug for the worst Red Hot Chili Peppers cover band? <laughs> I don't know if using the term anus and plug in the same story is a good idea. Fair point, as you were. Mm -hmm. So uh, King Edward II, as his name suggests, was King of England from 1307 uh, until he was uh, deposed in 1327. It's quite a controversial monarch, a dark period of history, lots of military defeats, a weak government and a civil war of sorts, not the English civil war, that was a couple of hundred years later, but this was known as the Dispenser War, um, one of the few barren wars in English history, but I'll get to that in a second. So basically his royal inability to get his shit together also led to France invading and his armies just full on deserting him. So a hot mess. Oh yeah, yeah. So you, you know that saying that history is written by the winners? Mm-hmm. 
this could be one of those situations. Um, history is divided on a couple of things here, his death and his sexuality. Scandalous. <laughs> he was known for his close relationship with some of his royal favorites. And that's basically a close advisor who are known as his personal aides, basically. So obviously our fair king here and his um, advisors were pretty close. As you can imagine, historians have had a field day with what exactly went on. Like sex? Probably. Um, his most famous aides were Hugh Le Dispenser and before that, Piers Gaveston. Hugh Le Dispenser, like French, like Hugh of Dispenser? Yep. Um, he actually had a cousin called Pez. You might have heard of him. Yeah, I love that guy. He's so great. So... The barons of the land had previously forced the king to exile his homie Piers Gaveston because of the political sway that Piers had as his political favorite. Um, then they eventually executed Piers anyway. Ooh, so barons, jealous, right? Yep. Tell me about it. So, to be honest, King Edward II seems like a really weak but ruthless and easily influenced dude because not long after Piers got the chop, our old boy, Hugh Pez Dispenser, came in and literally started doing the same thing. Getting all cozy and acting as if he was the king's favorite pet. This sounds like a Game of Thrones episode. Damn. Go on. Oh, yeah. English history, man. Um, so at this point, because this was the second time uh, the barons had had enough and tried to force the king to exile Ella Dispenser as well. Um, and also they wanted huge uh, portions of land that the king had given to him from the barons, I might add. Um, and this time the king was like, no. Then some military shit happened. And then the barons began a revolt. Um, and the French tried to invade. It was a mess. It was the whole thing. Um, he was deposed in January of 1327. And we know that he died in September of that year. Um, this period was basically called the name Dispenser War. Uh, it wasn't the only one. There were about three barren wars around this period. Jesus, England, get it together. <laughs> they still haven't. Yeah, fair. So there are quite a few references to how uh, King Edward II was, and apologies for the language here if, if it offends you, but I quote a sodomite. Um, there's a few references to that also throughout the 1330s and actually all the way up until the 1390s. So quite a while after his death as well. Oh, interesting. So this could have just been some political propaganda to make the dead king look bad, almost. Look bad, quote unquote, as if that's a bad thing, but that's another conversation for a different day. Yeah, exactly. It could, it could have been that. So remember the Catholic Church is in full swing here. Of course. Um, but I've also got some accounts here that, you know, suggest there might be some truth to it. Mm -hmm. Ooh, go on. So what's really interesting here is the account of his deaths. Um, so after being deposed at the start of 1327, as I said, it's widely believed that he died on September the 21st of that year while in imprisonment. Some records show luxury goods being brought into the prison on his behalf, right? But then other chroniclers also suggest that he was often mistreated and died as a result of this mistreatment. So... With the red hot anus poker thing, it was just some sort of legend that popped up after the fact? Well, you know how history works, but it isn't without its merits because I've got an account here 
the Chronicle of Jeffrey LeBaker, it's called. You know the tradition. Gotta do it as someone. Oh, who? Mm, you look like a town crier. Like those guys in the middle of the the court or whatever. Ye old town crier, yeah? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> you ready? No, go on. These cruel bullies, seeing that death by such a foetid odour, would not overcome so vigorous a man. During the night of 22nd of September, suddenly seized hold of him as he lay on his bed. With the aid of enormous pillows and a weight heavier than that of 15 substantial men, they pressed down upon him until he was suffocated. With a plumber's red-hot iron inserted through a horn, leading into most parts of the bowel, they burned out the respiratory organs beyond the intestines, taking care that no wound should be discernible on the royal body. Wow, just like how England was at this time. A total disaster. Yep. Right, so um, his son, Edward III, because that's how numbers work, um, basically led another coup d'etat later on and had all those barons killed and ended up being a much more successful king. The end. What about the second death from earlier? The banged, porn, and squandered, or whatever it was. <laughs> no, no, it's hanged, drawn, and quartered. So, enough. <laughs> yeah, it's a super famous English execution method for crimes like um, high treason and stuff like that. Ooh, I know how you guys feel about that. It's absolutely gruesome stuff. Oh, yeah. So, uh, remember his loyal favorite, Hugh Pez Dispenser? Well, that's what the barons did to him. Uh, you want me to read a description of it? Yes, please. Okay, so uh, the victim was usually dragged by a horse on a wooden frame to the place where he was going to be publicly put to death. Um, this is one possible meaning of the word drawn, and I'll get to the second one later. So he was hanged by the neck for a short time um, until almost dead. That's obviously where the hanged comes from. Then just in time, he was removed from hanging and placed on a table. Still alive, he'd then be cut open in the abdomen, and then his intestines and sex organs would be removed. This was that second meaning of drawn I told you about. So then the removed organs were then burned, prepared close to the prisoner, and then they'd cut his head off, uh, hack the rest of his body up, and display it in different parts of the town, hence the quarters. So the best part is there's actually a painting that depicts this exact moment, like the execution of Hewlett Dispenser. We'll link it in the show notes. And um, yeah, it's the execution of Hewlett Dispenser. So what's next on your list, Maria? A wonderful Greek lad named Heraklitos. Any relation to Hercules? No, Greeks just had a lot of names that sounded super similar. Heraklitos was actually a pre-Socratic Ionian philosopher from the city of Ephesus. And Amo, I feel like you'd appreciate this. He was a huge fan of wordplay and oracular expressions, which won him the title of The Obscure. Ah, yes. Though, you see, I prefer to go by the name The Enigma on weekends. Remember the time you called me an enigma? You still are. For those listening, Maria was a really hard person to read when we first met. Listen, people know about me, but they don't know me. Got to keep a sense of mystery about myself to keep the folks on their toes, you know? Or to keep them terrified. Only the weak 
Regardless, mm. I'm fine with either. Anyways, back to Iraklitos. He was best known for his doctrines that said, one, things are constantly changing, also known as universal flux. Two, that opposites coincide, unity of opposites. And three, fire is the basic material of the world. What kind of cult manifesto are you reading? An insightful one, apparently. Nice. So did he like full on go Icarus and try to fly towards the big ball of fire? What, what are we dealing with? Not exactly. He stayed closer to the ground, actually. I went to hell. Well, he basically covered himself in cow poop and... Excuse me? There was a reason. What was the reason? So he suffered from edema, which is when your body swells with water, not to be confused with an enema, which is something else. What's that? I know you know what that is, and that is not the type of show we are going to discuss. Fine. Well, we can talk about A9, but we can't talk about enemas. But, you know, I just wanted our audience to be educated. Audience, we'll link a description in the show. That's worse. Let's not link to what enema means. I thought so. So, Heraclitos suffered from edema which we now know can be a result of being in one position for too long, eating too much salty food, or being prego. I want to give a shout out to all the mothers out there for creating literal life. If you have a mum, please go thank her for carrying your massive head for nine months. And if you don't have a mum because she's dead, either literally or metaphorically to you, feel free to carry on with your life. Yeah, yeah. you get one per episode, right? Mostly every episode. Edema can also be a sign of congestive heart failure, kidney disease, kidney damage, prolonged protein deficiency, or inadequate lymphatic systems. Knowing ancient Greeks and how they liked their wine, he may have actually had the kidney-related one. Huh, sounds like my last medical checkup. Um, I'm so how does sorry. This actually, what has this got to do with him covering himself in cow dung? Okay, well, the cow dung isn't what killed him. Okay. So after the doctors told him he was basically shut out of luck because they couldn't figure out what was wrong with him, he apparently said, by emptying the intestines, I will draw off the moisture, which is kind of impressive that he had somewhat of an idea and understanding of the issues going on within himself, and he had an idea on how to fix it. Yeah, but I think the um, the execution uh, and the technique he thought of was subpar, I think. I feel like there's some alternative medicine out there that probably uses this as a treatment for some type of ailment. Yep. Gwyneth Paltrow, if you're not sticking rocks where the sun don't shine, you're covering yourself in cow shit. (laughs) Oh my God. Something, something like that. Something like that. I'm sure we can find something. If not poop, maybe just mud. Desperate times, desperate measures. So our boy ventured out to cover himself in cow poop and found a nice field to lay in, at which time he dozed off for a quick nap. He woke up only to find that the poop he covered himself in became rock hard and made it impossible for him to move. As he lay there in the field trying to get out of his cocoon of poop, a pack of wild dogs came and ate him alive. Well, I mean, (laughs) that was a twist. I mean, an unexpected plot twist in a Greek story? Totally unheard of, right? Yep. Yep. All right. Who's next on your list? The wonderful Tommy Cooper. Oh, who's that? So, um, you ever hear the kind of cliche about the story of a comedian so beloved that he died on stage and everyone laughed and clapped because they thought it was part of the act, right? Mm, Vaguely, yes. Well, that actually happened. Oh, what? Yeah. 
And it happened to one of the most biggest, most beloved comedians ever in UK history. Um, his name is Tommy Cooper, and he is the quintessential comedian's comedian. Uh, clever stuff made to not look clever. Oh, wow. I never put like a name to a face or anything like that. So Tommy Cooper is the original dad joke guy. Okay. We're talking about a guy who uh, he wore affairs for no reason. He fully became an expert in magic just so he could do it badly on stage as part of his act. There's a great um, song by Scroobius Pip about his death too. Um, I figured the best way to tell you about Tommy Cooper was to, to read some of the lyrics. Ready? No. Okay. If you haven't heard of Tommy, I'll do my best to explain. Tommy Cooper was in the entertainment game. Every granddad in Britain can do a Tommy Cooper impression with a selection of gags, hand movements, and facial expressions. His uniform was a suit and a red fez hat. He would combine jokes and magic tricks just like that. He'd drift between the two with the most cack-handed transition. He was two part comedian and one part magician. Mistakes and mess ups were part of his show. Just like yours. Okay. Very good. Sorry, that was good. Fuck. Thank you. Um, Mistakes and mess-ups were a big part of his show, which were real and which were planned, only he would know. This sounds like every uncle that's ever lived. Exactly. So a lot of that ironically bad dad jokey prop joke culture that followed, I think actually comes from Tommy Cooper. So when uh, Pip raps the bit where he says, just like that, that was Tommy Cooper's catchphrase. He'd be like, just like that. Gotcha. So... Basically, his many, many television shows during the 1970s actually turned him into a global superstar and one of the most recognizable comedians on the planet. It's interesting how so many North Americans don't know about him. Yeah, I think it might be a generational thing. Um, He's so beloved in the UK that it was my dad that showed me him. Um, And maybe that just hasn't translated here. But he was a global superstar. Um, He also had a lot of demons offstage and was quite difficult to deal with on a personal level. Um, You know, from the late seventies, he was basically smoking and drinking a lot. Oh man. How much is a lot? That's a fair question. Cause I think the lifestyle and diet of a British entertainer in the seventies would kill most people now. Fair point. Very fair point. And to be honest, if the worst thing he did was drink and smoke himself to death, he's a saint by seventies British entertainment standards. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So, uh, a bit of context here. He had already had a heart attack while performing in Rome in 1977. His many health issues and his just his unprofessionalism due to his drinking had like ended his offers to front new TV specials and stuff like that. Uh, it's the downside of fame and fortune, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. So on the 15th of April, 1984, um, he was doing a show and he collapsed from a heart attack in front of millions of live TV viewers. He was basically halfway through his act on the London weekend television variety show, live from Her Majesty's. And that would always come live from Her Majesty's Theatre in Westminster, London. Uh, You can actually watch a clip of this online. Halfway through the act, he just sort of, you see him fall backwards against the curtain and that props him up. And he's just sort of sat there. I always struggle with these types of videos. I like there's a part where it's like maybe it, it's coming from an educational lens, like people being able to see this, like what does a heart attack or whatever stroke look like? And then there's another part of me that's like this is probably tra- re-traumatizing the family. It would be best to not have this online, you know? Well, let's be honest, it's probably one of the tamer deaths you're going to see online. 
And yeah. um, it's funny because it only unearthed about 10 years ago, even though this happened in 1984. Um, again, I think it's like Pip says in later in that song, he talks about how it's strangely fitting for Tommy. Um, mm. Even his onstage assistant in that clip is smiling at him as he slumped down. And, you know, they all believed it was part of the act. Uh, so did the crowd who laughed and they cheered until the curtain closed. That's so, I, like, I can't even imagine being in the audience and thinking that only to realize he ended up dying. It's just, it's it's wild to me. Yeah. Uh, but given his health conditions and his career, I don't think of any other way he'd want to go out, you know, like just like that. Jesus. Well, on that note, I think it's time for... Rapid Fire! Game, Game show music. music. Hey. <laughs> As discussed, we have a bunch of the remaining deaths uh, that we had, but the time period and setting has been removed. So you and I, Maria, are going to go back and forth, stating how someone died, and the other person is going to need to guess whether it's a story from ancient Greece or the UK. Quick time, though, yeah? It's like, it's rapid fire. Rapid fire, you know? You're really good at rolling your R's. I'm very proud of you. But yes, lightning round. Light, <laughs> lightning round. Got it. Yep. Reminder, uh, nothing is at stake, so it really doesn't matter who wins. And that's what losers say. No, that's what someone who enjoys spending quality time with their friends say, Maria. If you want to keep things boring, that's fine. Just admit it. I also don't want to embarrass you. Oh, please. Come Let's on. get started. Rapid fire. Oh, my God. Boom. All right, let's go. So, who was smothered to death by gifts? Ooh, this would be a dream for some people. I'd say Greek. We were all about the gifts and all. Rapid fire. Ding, 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 ding. Uh, Draco, who is the first recorded legislator in Athens, was attending a theater and his admirers wanted to show their affection. So they were tearing off their clothes and throwing it at him. And this was apparently how ancient Greeks show affection. Not too dissimilar than how we show affection today, to be honest. I'm going to make some more Greek friends. Fun <laughs> rapid fire extra fact. So uh, this dude is also responsible for turning oral law and blood feuds into written code, making laws more accessible to everyone. He also made it uh, possible for you to be killed for stealing a cabbage. So you take some and you lose some. You got to take with the good, the bad, I guess. It's your turn for rapid fire. Okay, okay. Who died during a fight and still won? Uh... I'm going to give that one to some of my Brummy boys back home. It's got to be our friend, uh, old Craig. Eh, wrong. It was not Craig. It was a Greek boy. Arihion is considered the first corpse to win an Olympic competition. <laughs> That's like, just like a violent version of Weekend at Bernie's, no? Well, at the time, he was the top pancreatious in all of Greece. For those wondering, that's a sport where they're naked and wrestling and there are no rules to the fights. Literal survival of the fittest or most ruthless. Ah, uh, yes. Naked wrestling. So what happened? This other guy had him in a headlock about to suffocate him while also grinding his leg into his groin. At some point, Adi... <laughs> are you okay? Yeah. It's just... What? It's just brutal. 
At some point, Arihion managed to get his opponent's leg in a lock and dislocated either his ankle or his toe. The story gets confused a little bit here, which caused the guy on top of him to tap out, but not before Arihion died of asphyxiation. Wow. What an absolute naked wrestling unit. My turn. Go. Who, in the last stand, suffered at least five bullet wounds and over 20 sword cuts, proceeded to fight through the remaining assailants, nearly landing a killing blow on the leader before being ambushed and decapitated. Uh, the fact that you said bullet makes me want to say... Oh, uh, I mean, he died from multiple discus wounds. Brit. Yeah. Discus wounds, okay. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Who was this almost death-defying lad of yours? Well, he is none other than the infamous Blackbeard. Oh, he's English. Yep. Born in Bristol, Bristol represent. So some bloke named Lieutenant Robert Maynard was put in charge of about 50 soldiers to find Blackbeard and take him down. So um, Maynard found Adventure, which was the name of Blackbeard's ship at the time. Uh, most of his crew was ashore. Oh no, sounds like trouble. Yeah. So Maynard finds him and instructs his crew to hide, giving Blackbeard a false sense of control. Now, Jane, which is uh, Maynard's ship. That's a tad lackluster compared to... Well, uh, yeah, Blackbeard was captain of a ship called Adventure, and he used to be captain of Queen Anne's Revenge, but... See, that's much more like it. Much more, I want to say, metal. Oh, 100%. So, Jane pulls up to Adventure and the pirate's board, only to be outnumbered, hook, line, and sinker. It's reported that Blackbeard was, and I quote, a demon in battle. It's also reported that he kept fighting despite five gun wounds and 20 cuts from swords and cutlasses. Jeez, that sounds like how Rasputin went out, which we may get to in a later episode. Yeah, don't spoil season three. Rapid fire? Oh, yeah, yeah okay. So uh, our man is stabbed and shot to pieces. He looks like a, a piece of Swiss cheese at the minute. Uh, he's wilding out against Maynard and his crew. Uh, Blackbeard and Maynard end up fighting one-to-one. And he's about to land a killing blow. And it's like that bit in Batman Begins where Ra's al Ghul is like, you haven't defeated me. You've sacrificed your footing for a killing stroke. Boom. Cheap shot from one of Maynard's crew. Slashes the back of Blackbeard's neck. Second hash. <laughs> off with his head. So you're telling me he died because a man couldn't fight his own fights? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Uh, your turn. Go. Okay, this person died by being hung up to have their back torn open and their lungs pulled out, all while still alive. Oh, I know what that that's a that's a blood eagle. That is a famous Nordic torture thing. I I mean no, but yes. Uh he's a Brit. How did you know? Well, white Europeans basically specialized in gruesome torture techniques. This is Brit written all over it. You know what? True. That's very fair. I think the most Greeks have in that department is the brazen bull and the existence of that is still contested. Also, I thought for sure that you would have guessed that I'd pick a Greek story. No, you're not that predictable. So who is this dude? Okay. So this is apparently how King Aela of Northumbria died, though it's contested that he actually died on the battlefield of York on the 21st of March, 867. But we aren't going to talk about that. Okay. Fair. My turn. This next person died mid-scent. Mid what? What are you doing? Right, what? Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. 
mid-sentence uh yeah. greek greek 100 percent. oh are you sure uh yeah why because greeks can't shut the fuck up i'm surprised not more of us die mid-sentence fair point <laughs> you're right so <laughs> who who was this guy okay so um his name is <laughs> i'm sorry what uh, th- 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 you know? <laughs> oh my god! It looks like Thucydides th- to me. So that sounds so wrong. I think you're trying to say Thucydides. That Thucydides. Yeah. So uh, according to this, this dude actually served in the Peloponnesian War, but was kicked out of Greece for failing to defend the city of Shuffle Notes Sound. Amphipolis. Amphipoli. Amphipoli, yep. City of that. Uh, long story short, he caught word that he was allowed to come back. So when he began to travel back to Greece, on the way there, he was murdered mid-sentence writing for one of his books. What? Why? Well, no one knows, isn't it? He never got to finish the sentence. <laughs> Well done. Well done. Okay, last one from me. This person starved to death while correcting other people's errors. Oh, easy, easy. Oh? Million percent Brit. Yeah. Thousand percent Brit. Dying correcting someone's grammar is a best case scenario for an English person. Like <laughs> they get to die doing what they love, thinking that they are better than everyone else. So it's like a lifestyle you're saying? Yep. Would one say it's their identity? Absolutely. And there's no way it wouldn't be a Brit. Guarantee you it was a Brit. It was ancient Greece. What? Philitas. Phyllis. Wait, what? (laughs) His name was Philitas, and he died because he forgot to eat while writing a paper that outlined someone's poor word choice. His life became a cautionary tale and legend. What a legend. What a lad. What, what was the cautionary tale to not be a dick? Uh, pretty much. His tombstone apparently read, Stranger, Philitas is my name, at least slain by fallacious arguments and cares protracted from the evening through the night. Can you say that in Greek? Say which part? The whole thing. Say it in Greek. Uh, why? You gotta like capture the essence of it. I'm always the one who's doing like the weird impressions. Okay, I... We'll try. I am going to 100% butcher this, so I apologize to my Greek friends and listeners. So the Greek version of that is Senos to filitas ina to onomamu, saplonume skotomenume, para plenitika epihirimata ke miazume para tatamena apotovradi merhiti nikta. Incredible! Round of applause, everyone! <laughs> oh my God! Thank you! Thank you! Your turn. Okay, yep, yep, my turn. So um, this one's going to be obvious, but it's so incredible that I included it. So who is reported as the first person to die by being run over by a train while unveiling that very train? Um, Wow, okay, so this is why we can't have nice things. Was it a Brit? Yep. I mean, I could have just said chariot, and then it could have been a Greek thing, right? Mm, Yeah, that would have been better. So, uh, William Huskinson was an English politician who was riding one of the trains on the grand opening of the Liverpool and Manchester Railway on September 15th, 
1830. He hopped off the train as uh, it came to the station in front of the crowds to shake someone's hand. Um, he saw a train coming in the opposite direction, fumbled, fell, had his legs just completely mangled, and then died of his injuries later. He hopped off where? Onto the platform? Uh, so he hopped off the train onto like just where the area was, where everyone was stood and, you know, like obviously there's two tracks going parallel, right? Yeah. He goes to shake one, shits himself because another train's coming the other direction because obviously they're coming in each direction for the grand unveiling, right? So he just froze is what you're saying. Yeah, he basically cause... fumbled, tripped, and then got run over by one of the trains. Okay. Oh my God, that's absolutely distressing and terrifying. And also it's not like trains were everywhere. So he was literally the first one to die from being hit by one. Yep. He, he would have been like, ah, I got, well, he's a scout. So he would have been like, ah, I got hit by the only thing capable of doing this to me. How come nobody told me about this? Lee? Well done with the accent. So is the game over? Did we finish rapid fire? Uh, let me check. Uh, yes, we did it. We did we did indeed. That was fun. I can see this becoming an ongoing thing. This is your death. Totally. If the listeners wish it, it shall be so. Speaking to listeners, thanks for listening. 